When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Should I just go? All the time, baby. Shit, I just minimized my screen. I don't know how to find it. <laughs> what the fuck? Craig, you keep this in too. <laughs> oh my god. I totally lost my recording screen. Oh, there it is. I found it. There it is. Okay. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Knife Talk Podcast. I'm Marco Malmasi, and this is my very first time recording a podcast. <laughs> it's not real. I'm just super amateur hour over here. But as always, I'm here with Jeff Vader of Fader Knives, and we are missing our El Capitan, uh, Mr. Craig Lockwood. He's uh, still doing some stuff with family, uh, and we look forward to him coming back. But we always got to take care of family first. But we're here to keep you guys company in the shop. We're here to uh, answer your questions, help work through some of your dilemmas, uh, learn about maybe some of your scary stuff. This week is Halloween week. Ooh. That's it. That's it. So That's we're going we're gonna to kick it off with a little bit of the last week. How's your last week been, Jeff? It's been crazy. I'll tell you, last week, my wife, uh, I, uh, my wife went to uh, visit our daughter in college. It, my daughter's in LA. She had a great time. We're in New York. We couldn't afford for both of us to go out there you know, and, and plus plus. So I, he, she went out there and I, it, it's hilarious. I made sure that I was so busy while they were gone. So it would prevent me from being sad that I wasn't there too. So I, from as soon as I dropped Hillary off at the airport to when I picked her up, I was like a fucking mental patient. I cooked for the swim team, the, oh, right. the high school swim team and the hilarious part is i made too much and i overdid it but the best part was was the uh there was another high school swim team using the pool and uh they had i guess their pool was under construction so they've been using the 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 town we live in's pool so i said to our coach go tell that coach that when those girls get out of the water there's food for them so the second high school swim team came up and they were like it got out of the water i don't know if you've done any you're gonna like swimming but when you're yeah you've been in a pool before yeah something happens when you get in out of the water and you're just like famished yeah these little pests came over and wiped me out and i was per it was perfect so (laughs) i fed two swim teams and that was fun and then uh got some sculpture going and that was fun and then we're hauling ass over here uh we just we just finished uh we finished getting uh, we're doing right now as we speak we're finishing the kydex sheets for the bull elk some bull elk ml ultralights and we got a pile of them for christmas and now we're getting ready to do some more christmasy holiday stuff and we're just you know firing on all cylinders nice how are you i'm doing good uh this week for me has been sharpening and uh, it was a big order this week. We we got a lot of knives. There's probably close to 100 knives that need wow. to be sharpened. Wow. Uh, which is good because that be- means that's a good payday. Um, but I try to spread it out over several days. 
Um, and I'm just like, I'm running close to the wire. Uh, I just got a couple more to finish up and then I'll be ready to, to deliver them actually today. Um, outside of that, I've been, I actually did some stainless heat treating this week Oh, on some stainless, some stainless mosaic Damascus, uh, as well as some Damasteel. Um, the mosaic Damascus is some steel that I forged with my friend, Will Brigham. I'm making a fun knife out of that. It's a full, uh, what is it? It's a forged full integral which means the blade, the guard, and the full tang are all forged out of one solid starting block. And um, so I forged the blade, got it heat treated. Uh, huh. It came, made it through heat treat just great. Uh, the stainless knives, the, uh, the damascus steel knives came through great as well. They are part of a small project. I'm kind of doing a side project with these pieces. This is some of the Damacore material we actually got a hold of a while back. I'm finally putting a use and oh, nice. um it, it, the piece came i think it was basically two inches by 12 inches by three millimeters thick or so and um and i cut it into four individual little chunks uh to show that you can you know because typically you would stock remove one knife out of that piece of steel right um so i'm forging the steel and i'm forging four different knives out of it so i'm basically forging a set of knives from a like a Two, what is that? A 220 K tip Gudo, um, a small paring knife, uh, maybe like a three inch paring knife, a uh, five inch utility or, or small slicing knife, and then, uh, and also like a six inch, six and a half inch Santoku, all wow. out of one bar of steel. Jeez, out of all, out of all, out of damage steel. Yeah, all out of damage steel, all out of that one single bar. Um, and so. I, uh, I actually showed some pictures to um, Carly and the gang when I saw them at Blade Show, and they were surprised um, with a couple with the with the two I'd already done. Just surprised that you know I was able to move the material in that way to get they're more not, out of just what was one bar. Anyways, sales, there's some of those people are salespeople. Yeah, they don't get it. That's fine. That's all right. Can I tell you we something? We still love them. We still love. Oh, them. they're the best. Carly is the best. Carly is the best. You got to get Carly and that team over to your shop someday, and like, you got to work with them. I, I feel I've been trying though, to get get. I want to get over to their shop. I want to go work in their shop. Do you hear that? Get the ticket pair. Send that. Send that ticket to Moreco. <laughs> I tell you what, guys. If you want to try to make five knives out of a piece of damascus, you'll go to damascus. Uh, damasteel.se use the promo code knife talk for 10% off all your damasteel and if you're on Instagram it's damasteel ab on Instagram they have the best stuff and we're we're getting we're getting ready we're getting ready for the damasteel uh, chef knife invitational always their best show of the year and uh, I'm look we're we're starting to see people are sending in their damasteel build along from that little piece and everything's looking good uh, it's keep posting keep using damasteel built knife talk built up uh, Damasteel build along and uh, get yourself 10% off of that Damasteel. You get 10% off of four knives. You know, I don't know what 10% off of four knives is, but 10% <laughs> off. So 10% use off talking, four bars. Which we'll call it. Yeah. I had a question for you if you yeah, backed it up a little bit for the, for the, uh, when you're sharpening a pile of knives, yeah. let's say, okay. how do you, do? because I know you're using your broadback to do the grinding, I I'd am. assume. How do you do you sharpen one knife at a time or do you do all the rough gritting because you swap them down? How do you how would you navigate yeah, doing a lot like of the a knives, pile of knives? Yeah, a lot of the knives need edge repair. Actually a couple of them uh in this batch uh that came from the same person. 
uh, both had like quarter inch chips out of the edge of the blade. Yikes. Um, so yeah, I start by roughing in and cleaning things up and cleaning up the edge. There's always, you know, people use those pull through sharpeners or even diamond honing rods and stuff like that. It's just too aggressive and it fucks knives up. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm cleaning up the profile, the, the cutting edge. I have to, especially if they're like a Wustoff or a Henkel that has an, a bolster all the way down to the cutting edge, Ugh. then you got to kind of do a little bit of work to re-sculpt that area, which is a bit of a drag, but they pay me for it, so, <laughs> so I do it. that was a terrible design decision on Wustoff's, Wustoff's part. What it what <laughs> so for if you're listening to you, you're just wondering what we're talking about because half yeah. you guys just make fun bushcraft <laughs> the the where the the bolster where it drops down where the heel is it yeah. it widens out and if you looked at it if you looked at it from the from the you'd see it almost like a it's like a teardrop the problem is is getting into that the connection between the edge and mm-hmm. the bolster it's like how do you stop how do you start how do you how do you get in that spot. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, I don't know. I can't. It's it's nothing I could ever try to actually explain with words. I just have to show you. Um, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, I don't know. I think because knives were knives never had that until they stopped started doing like that drop forging technique. And for some reason, they made that part of the design of the knives, and. And then they kind of sold it as a feature, like it's a like it's protecting you, right? Comfortable, like, yeah. Like it's a guard. I guess I guess the idea is that it's kind of a guard to protect the, your fingers. And it's like, what the fuck? Like it makes it such a pain in the ass to maintain the knife over the life of it. Anyways, um, yeah, that's so. When I'm sharpening them, I am sharpening them only one at a time, um, <laughs> and I start with like a one twenty. And then uh, I take it up, and then I fall, and that's again to true up the profile, clean up any messed up stuff along the edge, and then I cut cut in the initial bevel at, at a one twenty, and then uh, I jump up to a two twenty, and I finish it at the two twenty, and then uh, and then I finish sh- the hone, I hone it and and strop it and do all this great stuff, and it's the knives are very sharp and ready to rock and roll. Um, do you have to, do you have to, I'm sure when they show up, they show up in like, you know, tea towels. And <laughs> oh yeah. All kinds of newspaper, <laughs> plastic do, bags, plastic like, bags, like flimsy, thin garbage, like <laughs> garbage, I once got a convenience guy, store bags. <laughs> once guy got, brought me over a box, of, brought, brought me his knives to sharpen in yeah. a Rice Krispies box. <laughs> he just dumped them all in a Rice Krispies box. He thought, well, that'll be all right. It's tall, like a knife. And I'm like... He's like shows up. He's got like cr- snap, crackle, and pop. He hands me the whole thing. It did a rattle around in that cereal box. I'm like, really, dude? This is how you're gonna give it to me? But they turn out to be Cutco knives, and I'm just like, okay, I got you. I'm with you. <laughs> do you have to like rewrap them, or do you have? Yeah. Like a- so part of it is I have. Uh, what is it? I can't remember. I think it's. Oh, you know what it is? It's the pa- the painter's paper, like that somebody would put down if they're painting like the trim around the house or something oh, like yeah. that. It's that roll of paper. Um and so it's it's got a little bit of weight to it, which is good and bad because the extra weight actually makes it a little challenging sometimes to wrap the knives up because it wants to tear really easily rather than kind of conform and fit around different shapes of like the bolsters and the even at the butt of the handles it'll tear if right. you uh, pull it too. anyways. Yeah, but a lot of the knives have to get rewrapped 
Um, some knives I can wrap back up in the kitchen towels and I just got to be careful to make sure the tip is protected so that it doesn't just slide back out right, <laughs> right through the towel. Oh, um, you, I got a sleeve of those, uh, like sharp, you know, cardboard, you know, like those cardboard sleeves, you can get like a pack of them. And I got them just a while ago. And then every so often when somebody wants me to sharpen a knife, I just slap one of them on there. Yeah, I should. I should probably uh, get a hold of some of those. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I hate to say it, but Amazon has them real cheap. So I, yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, it's you gotta like, do what you gotta do. Put them in there. Well, yeah. it's good that you're doing that. I mean, I f- it feels like you enjoying it. Maybe. Yeah. Right? No, I'm enjoying it, and it, it's cool because I think it's finally starting to pick up. It's been kind of slow. Like, so I started by doing a market, local market. Right. And the idea was like, all right, I'm gonna start doing this market and advertise to my local community that this is a service that's being offered in the area. And then I'll do that for a year. And then I'm gonna stop doing the market and then I'll just do drop off and pickups because the issue with the market is that it is, um, pain in the ass. It's well, it's, you got it. You got all the setup and the takedown right. at the beginning and end and all the people interaction schlepping. in between and yeah schlepping my grinder around along with a couple tables and all my stuff that i need and the kid yeah. and the wife and a tent and a tent and and it's it's a big production and it's a time investment i mean it's still a time investment the the time investment doesn't actually change too much it's just um it's i guess it's the venue and what kind of things am i cutting out i guess in a way and so I'm cutting out all this hauling shit around, basically. But you know what? It's good. And actually, this is a topic that I wanted to kind of talk about. Uh, well, we had a couple of questions coming up that what um, kind of I was I, I was I spent some time with. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah. I would imagine that if you were sharpening those knives with your broadback grinder, you're probably using combat abrasives. I am. For Go sure. to combatabrasives.com and put in promo code uh, knife talk fifteen. And you're gonna fifteen percent off all your abrasives. I just got a package of abrasives from them, and uh, I use knife talk fifteen to peel off fifteen percent. So combatabrasives.com. Uh, what what's interesting is is like I'm glad you're doing that, and one of the reasons why is because I feel as though there's this um, there's this a lot of like artisan types or artist types get a little bit diva ish, and when I say oh, that, you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they, they get to the point where they're too good for something. They're above you know? it. They're above it. They're above, you know, and, and there's this like lack of understanding of like, this is what pays the bills. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. And the fact that you're willing to do it is very, very good. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, uh, my time investment in a month is maybe six hours total. Maybe it's worth it. But yeah, but I'm in that time, I'm making a hundred to $150 an hour fucking sharpening knives like that's yeah i mean it's time at the grinder which is sometimes can be hard on the body but that's good money honestly like yeah, it's hard it's hard of course to, it's hard to bulk at that so do you do you ever get a knife that you're just like yo this is i mean because i've gotten i've gotten the ceramic knives and i yeah. mean you might as well just throw motherfuckers in the garbage and give them money you know so they, <laughs> they're impossible to sharpen i like literally like and i said to my friend who gave me these ceramic knives i was like i tried and it was it was ridiculous yeah. and it was it totally totally ridiculous i was like you gotta never buy these again 
Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, they're like many products, uh, they're, they are uh, designed with an expiration date and, um, so that you have to throw away or whatever, donate to the local secondhand store or whatever and, and re up and get a new set. And, um, I actually had, what is it like five or six steak knives that were part of one of the orders this week. And they're of like those really tight serrations that like basically bullshit knives throw right. on to be like, right. this is a sharp knife. And really it's just a piece of shit steel right. with really tight serrations that give you this sense of sharpness, but it's not actually sharpenable or maintainable. And it's, and I think it's at a price point where, you know, after you use them for a couple of years, you re up and you buy a new set for whatever, 10 bucks or whatever they cost. You yeah. Know? So what do you <laughs> so do? I, I just, I was just like, yeah, I can't sharpen these. These, these are not sharpenable unless I went in and like re sculpted the serrations. And I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. Oh, no way. God, can you imagine? No like a little way. tootsie roll just like and you're like i can i can imagine just like get those like magnifying you know those like the, what the hood with the magnifying lenses yeah. and you're in there with like a needle file with these like oh that's what, yeah that's exactly what you'd have to do you'd have to get in there with a the needle file and it would be ridiculous and the best part would be is the biggest part that you'd see would be the made in china with those magnifying <laughs> glasses you don't you have see, you don't you don't you need the glasses be, for that. I know, but that would be even funnier because you're just like, you got the magnifying glasses and you're just slowly, slowly trying to make these little tiny steak knife scallops sharper. But all you can see is this monstrous made in China side. And they're like, you know, the fucking things are totally a disaster. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, look, you know what? I bet it's I bet it's good for you. And, you know, no, glad it's you're good. Doing it. I think it's it's I mean, I'm definitely offering a service to the community that, you know, they wouldn't otherwise <laughs> really yeah. have available to them. There's like one other dude that sharpens in the area and he's one of those like slap it on a bench grinder kind of guys. Oh yeah. Lawnmower dudes. Yeah. They and got so the, with like, the, with the, with the rock wheel on the fucking bench grinder. <laughs> oh my God. I've seen that shit. That yeah. is ridiculous. It's and they turn it on and you, when it turns on, it turns, it starts up like a lawnmower. <laughs> Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's got that dented ass rock, and it's in the, and, you, and you can see, you can almost, I can hear it going to when it's like rattling around. He's trying to hold it on that fucking piece of shit, and it's like, a, it's like a, oh, that's all right. We're putting in micro serrations. Don't worry, this is going to cut everything. <laughs> it's got to cut um, forever. Ugh. Well, we have a lot to get to, but yeah, before can we have a lot to get to. Our, I'm going to say this one more time. If you're if you're a maker and you have a podcast, your listeners are not as good as ours. That's it. Period. <laughs> There's nobody better than the Knife Talk listeners, and because you know why, we don't even have to say anything and they activate. But before we get to all the stuff we have to get to, and I'm going to give you the choice what we get to. Let's just thank our sponsor, Even Heat. Even Heat is the manufacturer of the finest heat treat ovens available. Go get yourself an oven, guys. Go get yourself a kiln at uh, evenheat-kiln.com you can check out what they have solid state drive you want to go ramp master you want to go the turn and burn you easy simple hard doesn't matter what they have is the best in the biz and if you want to make sure that you got you're on the money every single time get yourself one of them even heats so here's your choice here's your choice we have questions, great questions, excellent questions and a couple dilemmas in there okay we have awesome listener feedback and I, I don't know what to say except for 
our man Brigham Kendall, a.k.a. Bingo Kendall, came through with a bit and the listeners, I didn't even say anything. Bingo's scary shop moments is a thing. And I don't even think we have enough time to do all of them this oh, episode. Sure. So this might be a two-parter. So Bingo Bingo Kindell, it's Brigham Kindell out of Utah. He did a good job. He he did a great job. So whatever you want to do, you tell me. Uh, let's, let's start with some questions. Let's right. start it out like we let's normally do. It. do. Let's do it. All right, this first one is from DTM Shenanigans. It says, Morning, gents. I have two questions for you. One, you've all spoken about the evolution in your design and process in the past. Is there even a time where it's been more forced than natural? Uh, example, this design is no longer selling. Uh, I need to make a change to make it more appealing or discontinue this design and, cha and change it up. Two, on the way to Maker Camp, we pass... Uh, Sagerties? Perfect. Sagerties? Sagerties, not Sagerties. <laughs> you mean Sagundies? <laughs> Sagundies what? Uh, is that their Bofities? Sagerties is next to Bofities. That's right, DTM <laughs> shenanigans. Good old Bofities. That's, Bofities is, is an island in Greece, by the way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. All right. So when you are, when you have a design that you're making, um, I'm sure whatever, if it's culinary or EDC or whatever, and it feels like it's not selling, what do you do? You, you've question. gone through a lot of designs. I've Good. basically kind of done the same thing for the last 10 years. But an evolution of the design is still a, ch a design change. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my knives used to be thick as shit. It used to be big and thick and heavy. So I slowly, slowly decided, I slowly, slowly realized that I needed a little bit of better performance, and I, and I shrunk it down uh, by uh, substantially. Mm -hmm. um, I have designs that I think are going to go well and then don't go well, and, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of... You never, you never know. That's the problem until you kind of, you know, once again, experience is underrated. You know, it's almost better to know what doesn't work and that helps you and it informs you in regards to what does work i have a few designs that it resonates with some people doesn't resonate with other people um i did a fucking i we did this one thing a number of years ago with this, these butchers we did the sausage prick we couldn't call it the sausage prick but it was basically i have it on the website actually you can't oh, yeah. pre-order them but there was this these sausage makers that were telling me that they have a, a knife I guess this company used to make it. it looks like the size of a paring knife. And on the other end, it has these pins. So when you're making sausage, you put the casing on the whatever, extruder, and then you're shoving the meat through it. And then as you're expressing the meat into the <laughs> intestines, whatever, the force meat you're making, the, 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 when you're making the sausage, you know, you, you know, twist them and then you're making yeah, when you're different packing lengths. The Packing you're packing the there. meat. When you're packing, you're packing the meat. It in there. When you're packing the meat, what happens is, is there's little air bubbles in between, you know, if there's like a space or gap. Mm -hmm. So they would use that knife with the pins on the end and then pop little holes in the in the in the sausage casing to release the the air. But also for cooking, okay. you know, you if you're cooking a sausage and you wanna you don't want to make sure it doesn't explode, because that's what happens. It builds up in there and if the you know it'll blow up, you knock a few holes in it. So they had this knife that is discontinued. I think it was from uh, I don't remember the company. So they said, Do you think you could make something? And I made one and it was a paring knife on one side and then it, it looked like almost like it almost looked like a golf 
a golf yeah, the, divot the, remover. Yeah, the you know? divot remover tool. They called it the, we called it, I mean, originally we called it the sausage prick, but I, I had a real problem with, you know, just, it's just, I'm, how are we going to find, I mean, it's like calling it the penis dick. I mean, it's just the whole thing is, <laughs> it can't, it's how you can sell. So we called it the vampire, something, I don't remember what we called it. I don't even know what's on the website, but I thought butchers are going to fucking flock to this thing and... Jesus Christ! I think I made three of them. I didn't. Nobody. No one give a fuck about. No one making sausage and needed like a three hundred, two hundred fifty dollar knife to 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 make a sausage. So nobody wanted the wiener poker. Nobody wanted the wiener poker, and no matter what name we came up with, and I could probably, I should probably make some just to have them. But uh, that was one thing that was just like, eh, didn't really work. But uh, you never know. I mean, you just never know. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I mean, I guess for me, it would be the actual Damascus patterns. Um, and I think for me personally, like, I don't know. Yeah, I have some patterns that, that I just don't get requests for. And I mean, I'm not really taking customs anymore. But when I was taking customs, um, there were some that were just kind of like shooting from the hip and just experimenting right. with different movement of material and patterns and some had a really positive feedback and others was just like fucking crickets right so it's like all right well i guess <laughs> i guess that one's not going to be what <laughs> i do again if you um, were to if you were to just think and just off the cuff you don't have to okay. this, this is not a this is not a uh you know and be broad not just about the kind of work that you do if you were to think what would be the most popular Damascus designs off the top of your head, not just yours, but in, you know, in the normal per, you know, uh, vernacular of other makers and, and yeah. buyers and stuff like that. What would you think that the top five designs, the top five ones would be? Yeah. Random pattern, feather pattern, raindrop, um, a sand my, uh, especially with the Damascus, Damascus cladding. What is that for? Um, yeah, for you're you're doing really probably yeah, just like a kind of a standard W's explosion that you see a lot, you see a, 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 across a lot of different knives. It would be interesting to know because like Im immediately when you when I thought about it before I asked you, I thought feather Damascus has got to be in there. Oh yeah, you know it's it's got such character and it like the ex the the name of it defines it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like there's no better name to describe a Damascus pattern than feather Damascus. It looks like a goddamn feather. Yeah. You know? Hmm. All right, guys. Dial 877-360-360-6060 and tell us what your favorite Damascus pattern is. You know? Yeah. Uh -huh, Whatever. Uh -huh. So Small Time Smithing says, oh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're just like, I want to ask a question or say something stupid to you, which that <laughs> happens too, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, follow us, and then you can DM us. Uh, you can DM us whatever you want. It might not come up. We might not bring it up. Some of you guys, you're going to need to, I don't know, go, you know, you need to go for a long walk or something. You need to get some perspective because <laughs> some, some of the things you say, you think I'm going to write, I'm going to say it, I'm just not going to do it. So it's just, you can forget that. Uh, small time smithing says, this is not a dilemma, but more of a rant. Uh, mostly because I'm an idiot doormat. <laughs> That's a, oh, he's an idiot doormat. Strong start. Yeah, it's a strong start. You know what? God bless you, uh, small-time smithing. I'm with you 100%. Uh, essentially, I got into a discussion with an aged neighbor 
who had been talking to about knife making, he declared, Damascus knives hold an edge you'll never need to sharpen. I wanted to say, obviously that isn't true, but he's one of those guys who's so set in his ways, even if you have a PhD in the subject, he won't listen. I just kind of nodded my head and gave the non-committal grunt. Next time I'll be more careful about who I discuss stuff with. That's, that's where Jeff would throw in the, I'm with you. Dude, I'm with you is the, you're right. I'm with you came from a place of let's just stop talking. Let's stop talking. <laughs> I'm done. And I'm done with this subject. Let's I move would the have fuck the, on. I remember this guy came in and it was, he was a, he was a oil delivery guy and he was bringing in the oil and he was talking about, he was talking politics and this guy, you, my son is, you don't know. And this country's going to hell. Cause it, and I just said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it was as if like this wave of, this wave of, uh, I don't know, something came over him and it was just like, oh, good. I don't have to, I don't have to argue anymore. I'm with you. He's not, he was with me. So it all of a sudden it was the open sesame of let, let's just stop talking. But, um, yeah. but I, I, but I don't, when I say I'm with you, I'm not trying to tell you to shut up. I'm, I'm being, I'm being, you know, I literally am with you, but it, it has evolved. It has 50, 50, it's 50, 50, 50. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta pick your spots, man. If you think I'm with you means leave me alone. It's 50, 50, 50, yeah. 50. Which I think, I think is fair. Yeah. But that is something that happens. Like people oh, yeah. will hear something or read something and then they'll declare it like they're planting their flag. I've discovered Mars. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think people just, no matter what, like all kinds of subjects, people like to feel like they know something and that they're right about it. Yeah. And that's when, I, you know, I, I, anymore, I don't give a shit about having those conversations. Right. I very rarely unless it's like really impertinent or somebody I really care about and they need to really understand. I'm just like, great. Yeah. Let's but move you, on. <laughs> you know, in your heart that when somebody says something like that, you have this need to turn around and kind of explain things and it will just, you will end up looking like an asshole. Well, what you're doing and, is you're reflecting back that same need to right. be Right. In a position of knowledge and understanding. You're matching energy. You're yeah, matching sure. bad energy. And so you what you gotta do is just take the wind out. I'm with and you. Just say, Great. I'm with you. <laughs> I am with you. And you know the fucking best part about this guy, this best not not a small town smithing, but this guy, you know this guy has never once seen or used a knife. It's almost <laughs> like he's talking about Aladdin and the lamp. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a genie out there. And if you find that lamp with the genie, all your wishes will come true. Have you ever seen this lamp? No. Have you ever seen this Damascus knife? No. Have you ever used one? No. But I just know that it's the Moby Dick of knives. You're never going to see it again. And God, I'm with you is the right answer. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you, my man. So that's funny. All right, this next one is from our friend, Naren McDonald. How good of a guy is Naren, by the way? Naren's the best. He he was part of the crew with Will Shear and Steve Pellegrino and Joyce slinging burgers at Maker Camp. Dude, you can't get much, uh, you can't get a nicer guy than Naren McDonald. Naren Knives, go follow Naren Knives. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He said, here's the question I have for you, gents. As 2024 is quickly approaching, what do each of you think will be, quote unquote, the next big trend in knife making slash blade smithing? 
in in the knife making slash bladesmithing world next year. Uh, P.S. Stay safe in the shop, uh, or you'll end up like me with sixteen stitches from a whirling knife that got stuck in the drill bit. He got helicoptered. I mean, there the picture is not nice. He got. I mean, he, oh my and God. the worst part is he almost missed it. But it got him. It got him. So here's oh, to fast man. healing near him. Yeah. And uh, I thought I read this question and I thought I think we should we should say what we think the next trend is going to be and okay. what we wish the next trend was. Mm. Okay. Do you have anything in mind? Well, I Since think you've already slightly exposed to this question. I think that the trend now these days are. I think that it's interesting because I t- talking to Nick Rossi. He believes and he's got more experience in terms of seeing knife makers across the country now interesting thing enough you'd think that he'd be teaching other knife makers he doesn't he's teaching people who don't want to be knife makers i would assume i would assume and he referred to this business where we're in as the niche market of a niche market like it's he thinks it's very small it is it is. Yeah. You're starting to see the trend is people are starting to realize that there it, it is a growing um, community and that there are needs that need to be fe- uh, filled, like mm-hmm. people building equipment so you can do this stuff. You know, I mean, people are trying to, you know, Coal Ironworks has got the press game down and now they're trying to enter into the uh, power hammer game, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Broadback and, and all these other companies are trying to fill the need where it is. I think that that's the trend that is going to um, be more. I think there's going to be more people saying, oh, I'm a knife maker and I know that we're going to need special uh, sanding sticks. And I think um, Kyle, Kyle, our buddy Kyle Daly is making 3D printed sanding sticks. I think you're starting to see the trend is going to be seeing a need that you have and that you're going to be looking at what other people need like um baker forge and tool they're 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 seeing the need of stock removal guys who want to make you know copper mine sand mine all this stuff without having right. to forge it yeah. so i think that 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 is the trend of like people realizing that there's a market for something it's these micro markets and i think that that's really the biggest trend that i yeah. see yeah i mean but in I, terms of design i don't know right design wise uh, yeah, I don't really know either. I think, I don't know. I think, so Salem is doing, I mean, I've only taught a couple classes uh, and I've done some demos at Hammer Ends and, and Maker Camp, but I'm excited to see people start to step outside the box a lot more um, when it comes to pattern development. Um, you know, I think key players right now, younger guys are like uh, Charlie Ellis, Salem Straub, um, you know, Joshua Prince, right. Will Stelter, and I, th- uh, Jamie Lundell, um, myself, there, there are a lot of makers doing some interesting stuff. Uh, Jordan Lamote just finished up a beautiful blade. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think it'll be cool to really see people start to explore the kind of like the boundaries or try to find those boundaries of pattern development. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's going to be only next year but i think it'll be cool to see people really starting to stretch those boundaries um i'm i keep i have a few different text groups i'm in around pattern development and knife makers i talk to about stuff like that and it's cool seeing what people are doing because it is kind of um 
uh, I actually I did my recording with Lin Ray, and he was talking. We, he and I were talking about how we share stuff. Him, of course, with his blacksmithing techniques that he uses for his knife making, and me with pattern welding. I think there's this kind of this positive feedback loop. A lot of oftentimes people are afraid to share their techniques and what they're doing because they fear this parasitic. Uh, relationship between themselves sharing the information and then other makers just taking that information right. and stealing their business, all that kind of stuff. Um, but which you're going to get, you're going to get that. It, that is that is always going to be part of the equation. But I think for the most part, most makers are going to give credit back. They're going to take inspiration or influence from what you've shown or shared or taught, and they're going to put their own twist on it. And then you're going to see it and you'll be like, oh, that's interesting. And that makes me think of something else. And then you're going to spin it. And it's an upward spiral rather than a downward spiral. Right. And and I, th I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about sharing my Damascus patterning and seeing how people mess with it. Um, to, to kind of, again, feed me back. It so becomes more of a symbiotic relationship where we're both benefiting from me sharing and them sharing and me sharing and this whole back and forth, back and forth. Um, and, you know, we're kind of working our way up rather than drilling ourselves down to the dirt. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be cool to see uh, some, some really new, and, you know, obviously incorporating like the copper into the steel and all that stuff. I think it's very interesting. I'll be, it'll be interesting to see maybe more people playing with non-ferrous metals uh, and doing kind of Damascus manipulations on them to create some um, interesting kind of mosaic mokume in a way. Um, Peter Swarsberg actually has a really great uh, information on his page where he's doing that. He's making mosaics out of non-ferrous metals. Uh, I think right now mostly it's nickel and copper, but he's creating some really cool patterns. And he's using it in a very unusual way that I think actually his technique with um, with metal clays is going to be something that I think a lot of a lot of makers can pick up on and start using, and then putting that those materials into their work. And it's all about you know making our knives. A big part of it is trying to distinguish ourselves from other makers, and to get on that sooner than later. I think is something that um, a lot of makers could you know benefit from um and and you don't even need a forge to do this stuff like you can hmm. do this in a kiln the same I, heat treating kiln you're using for your knives you can use for the for this clay clay metals work i also think and you've mentioned this before i think we've talked about this before mm -hmm. is one trend that's going to be a real is in is a need and it's going to be a little bit more approachable i think at some point is stainless damascus is is something mm -hmm. that like just for the the common user people want the they want the damascus but they yeah. want the stainless yeah and i think that stainless damascus like damasteel and and uh is really going to be something that's going to be very very uh in demand yeah because you want it without it changing you know yeah and honestly, I think still for a long time, Damasteel's stainless Damascus is going to be a go-to resource for a lot of makers, whether they're stock removal or old forgers. It's just because making your own stainless Damascus a is such a fucking production. It's such a production. It's it's almost cop cost prohibitive, unless you're in a in in a 
at a stratosphere or a level where you can sell your work for enough to compensate for the amount of effort and energy and time and cost of materials you put into making that steel in the first place. Well, you know where you can get damn steel. If you're in Canada, you go to Maritime Knife Supply. That's the one-stop shop for knife makers, steel belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. They're the Canadian distributor of combat abrasives. They're also the Canadian distributor of Rhino Wet. They also have Broadbeck Ironworks, and they have damn steel. So go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. If you don't see something, if you're in Canada or United States, he's working with you wherever you are. And he is, it's, he's, I'm surprised at how constantly involved he is because it, he isn't just a, he's a knife maker, so he knows what you need. So go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Back to the question, and then we have to go into, we have to go to the next two. This is too interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would like to know what you would like the next oh, trend. Right. Then I would, what you would prefer, what you'd like the next trend mm. in the knife making world to be. Um, or blacksmithing, bladesmithing, whatever. You, you can take it however you want. Uh, I would like to see people um, spending a little bit more time getting to learn how to use their grinders to sculpt handles more effectively. Um, and I'm not trying to shit on, I'm not going to shit on anybody in particular, but what I will say is I see a lot of, and it honestly, like you don't have to do a lot, but man, I see some really blocky handles out there and I would love to just see more work out there that has um more useful i guess <laughs> uh aesthetic to it especially when or, or functionality to it especially when it comes to the handle um because just like a slight taper from kind of like the belly area towards the top of the handle where it transitions into the blade and then to the butt of the handle um or even a taper f all the way from the butt to the to the top of the handle to where it transitions to the blade and then those corners broken it's very, it's like super quick and you can and break those corners nicely. And it's a pretty solidly comfortable handle, but I sadly see a lot of stuff that's just like scales slapped on and they do all this work to like get the fronts really matched up nicely and everything. And, and there's beautiful materials and then almost no sculpting work is done on the handle. I'm like, that's great and all, but if I ever saw that knife in a hand, in a lineup, that would be the last knife that I chose to use because the, the relationship with the tool, the end of the knife, the blade is through the handle. And so I guess, I don't know. I mean, I know I way overdo it with the way I'm sculpting my handles, but, um, even just, you know, a little bit of extra work. Another Do you think it's because they don't minutes, use 30 minutes? They, is it, you think it's because they don't use their knives to cook with? I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about culinary knives. So. I see it in culinary knives and EDC, or like hunting knives and Bowie's actually too. I, I'm surprised at um, how blocky I see some of these handles. Uh, I think part of it is that they're not using them, and so they're not aware of kind of like these the the how unpleasant that feels to hold and use. Um, but I think a lot of it actually has to do with people. Um, you know, they spend this material on, like, say you drop $80 on a pair of scales. You're afraid to kind of, or it's kind of scary to just turn that into dust and sculpt it away, right? Right. Um, and, That's true. Or to make a mistake on it. And so and so instead of just doing it slowly or, or in a different controlled manner, maybe with files and just sandpaper off of the machine, um, I think people are just doing just the slightest little bit to take away the hot spots of the sharp, sharp corners. 
and but still leaving it really blocky and i think i think another issue is kind of um a lack of understanding of how to control your belts and use your machine to sculpt um, in a meaningful way to get a lot of those great contours which was if you were at maker camp you hopefully you caught my demo because i did i did a handle sculpting thing actually last year and this year and um there's a few little tricks that can really make a major difference in the comfort and usability of your knives that you're making. See, here's what's going to happen. Now they're going to they're going to DM Knife Talk podcast and say, "Where where was the uh, the you should if you're thinking about No, you go to my Patreon. That's what I was about to plug your Patreon. <laughs> oh, go to go to Morocco's Patreon and get involved. Get involved with his Patreon and bug him. Yeah. Pay him, pay him and bug him. So, you know, get all this shit for him. I would tell you, I, I, I would hope, I would hope the trend, the trends coming up in my heart of hearts okay. is I think that a lot of, uh, people who are getting involved in bladesmithing and blacksmithing would step back a hair. I feel that there's a giant, and I blame us, frankly, I blame, blame this podcast. No, <laughs> this I podcast. do. I blame this podcast. There is I blame this forge and fire. Okay, good. The, 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 the shit rolls downhill, so that's fine, 100%. <laughs> I, I blame us, but at the same time, you know what? I blame them, too. The, one of the things is we've created this we've created this community where this fun hobby is, number one, is, like, money-driven. You know, you think, yeah. I love doing this, and how much money is it going to be? But what happens is, is I feel like the cart before the horse is so many people are hot to make Damascus. Sure. And they, when they swing a hammer, I mean, it's like you might as well be, you might as well be driving a tent stake into the ground. I mean, I feel as though that there's a lot of uh, fundamentals that are being that are under uh, underappreciated, and everyone wants to go become a, you know, they step into the dojo and they want to be a black a black belt right off the bat, and. Talking to Nick Rossi about in-person uh, teaching, I, my hope for the trend is people will heed heed my advice and heed your advice to go to reputable schools and learn how to do things. Now, the interesting thing is thinking about trends is the way everybody learns in general is different. The delivery system mm -hmm. of information is totally different from when you and I were young. We're too old. We're too, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'm too old. Eh, you're too <laughs> old too. If you're, if you're over 25, you've, you're an old, you're old in regards to how information is, is delivered. Everything's YouTube. Everything is videos mm -hmm. and there's no in-person anymore. And there's this lack of, having experience and repetition and re and re repetitiveness and people don't want to do j hooks anymore they want to go straight to making damascus and i feel as though there is this where people are taking huge leaps when they could be stepping back doing fundamentals and then making decisions based off the fundamentals mm -hmm. and i part of the reason why i mean i don't make damascus part of it is this it's this I feel as though I still, and I've been forging for almost 20 years now, I still feel I need to be a better blacksmith. And I, and I, focus, on, I focus on little things. I focus on, I don't jump straight to a pile of things. Or, or when I do, like if I forge a hammer, I get really depressed. I'm just like, no more hammers for you. You got, you got to go back. You gotta, you, we're, t we're taking away your yellow belt. You're back to a white belt. And I, I, feel as though, I feel as though I'd rather focus. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Focus on one thing and just get better. And then that repetition of getting better, then I can kind of progress. But, you know, that's, I mean, I'm just being an old man. What mm-hmm. the fuck do I know? You well, know, when you know, I come back up to the Northeast, we really, maybe we need to uh, do a, I mean, I, I know that it's going to already be a busy week because of Maker Camp, but doing a real powwow with you and me and John and Cliff, I think would be fun. Whatever you want, whatever you want. You, it's <laughs> the pow. I tell you what, if you did a powwow with me, John and Cliff, it would be more jokes than getting actual work. No, done. no, we'd get work done. Uh, you've never been, uh, you don't know. They're going to be a lot. I've never been there. Know. We did. Yeah, oh we, yeah, we did. We, we went there when we saw Kratz. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm for it. I'm hundred percent for it. <laughs> I'm for it. We should do it. But, uh, I, I, I think that that's my biggest, re- my biggest regret is there's this lack of understanding. You know, you people, they'll tell me all the different seals that they use and all the different seals that they use. And I, I just want to focus on the basics and learn. I, I was, uh, I, you know, I use 1095, I use 1084, I use 52100, I use 440C and I use, uh, AEBL and I dip my toe into 80 CRV too, but I mean, that's it. I mean, it's like, I just don't feel the need to, I want to get these things down before I kind of like jump to everything else. But I gotcha. If, if with that said, if I were to sand down some of that stuff, what I would definitely use, and this is the t- the worst of them, by the way, you got a mess, so many messages saying that you had the best, you had the best uh, intro into a, into an ad read. This is the worst intro to an ad read, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if I were to buy steel and all that stuff and I were to try to get some things, I would definitely go to Texas Ferry Supply. They have all the stuff you need to get stocked or resupplied, including RhinoWet. So if you go get yourself some of that RhinoWet, don't play. Don't play. Get yourself that Rhino. Get the 220, get the 400, get the 800, get the 1,000. He's got a pile of it, and you go to TexasFerrySupply.com, and you put in the promo code KNIFETALK10 for 10% off anything in that shop, all the blacksmithing stuff you need. I'm sure they have knife-making stuff, tools and stuff like that, and um, steels and stuff, So, and they have the Rhino. So get KNIFETALK10 with KNIFETALK10, get your 10% off. So in regards to NARAM's... Uh, Naram's sh- scary shop moments. I think that's a pretty good segue into yeah. Bingo Kendell's scary shop moments. So last week we had a message from our friend uh, Brigham Kendell. Brigham Kendell had a scary shop moment where he was putting on his he putting on his uh, respirator and there was a black widow spider in there. He's sucking that black widow spider. I was sucking on his bottom lip. He's okay, <laughs> but he wanted to know everybody else's scary shop moments. So I'll read some off, and then you can comment on them. And then, uh, so Mammoth, Mammoth Creek Knive says, I live in Utah, and I'm always killing black widows. I have killed at least 15 this year between my shed and garage. Jeez. He, and he goes, in all honesty, though, I get my wife to kill them. I'm an absolute pussy when it comes to spiders. <laughs> Mammoth Creek, you are my, you are, you get the gold star, <laughs> my guy. You know, God bless you for calling yourself a pussy. I am a huge pussy, and I wouldn't, you know, I'm with you. I don't know. 
I have no idea why these goddamn Black Widows, what they do, why they do them. I don't know how deadly they are, but they sound terrible. They're rough. You know, I, I have a friend that uses brake cleaner, like out of the shaking, like the spray can. You can shoot that shit up to like 10 feet away pretty accurately. And um, it's so it's essentially an aerosolized uh, uh, acetone in a way. And I guess it, it's really great for killing wasps, like out of midair. And, I mean, but you don't necessarily, you got to be careful where you're, you don't want to just be spraying that shit all over the shop. But oh. <laughs> you imagine if you got, if you got an emergency, you got a, you got a black widow crawling up your leg, have that can ready. I thought, <laughs> I remember my friend John used to say that there are these spiders around here called the brown recluse. Sure. I'd never heard of the brown recluse. Oh, really? And apparently they're terrible. Yeah. And he just kept, and I, he got me paranoid. I'm like, I'm living in this goddamn area for years. I never heard of a goddamn brown recluse. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you got to watch the brown, brown recluse. And I was like, oh, God. But uh, these black widows, I mean, I'm, if I'm in Utah and I'm finding 15 black widows, I'm, I'm calling the realtor and I'm getting the fuck out of Utah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't need 15, I don't need 15 moments of terror and i know all of our australian listeners oh that's nothing my fucking the pigeons in this town they shit poison on you you know <laughs> you know these australian are australian and and not and uh god forbid i miss the new zealanders they, they are the best but i mean it's like the pissing contest of venomous animals it's just like i know all about it you know we breathe we breathe in and breathe out fucking poison we know all about it um more to uh, Bingo Scary Moments. This comes from Coastal Blades. I had a mate who had a Nepalese neighbor who wanted me to sharpen his ridgy didge kukri uh, that he uses to cut open goats. This is already scary. This is already yes. terrifying. Okay. The thing had some heft and it was about 8 millimeter spine. It was late, oh, but geez. I decided to go straight away. I got to the paper wheel and away I went. I got to the polishing wheel and I had a brain fart moment and put it the wrong way, sending this thing flying over my shoulder, past my head, feeling oh my the wind on my face after shitting my pants, <laughs> finding the blade across the workshop and inspecting it for damage. I noticed that it was, uh, it was time for the night and I closed the roller gates inside and I went inside. It was the scariest moment in my life. Yeah. I would think flinging a kukri over your shoulder yeah, would be that's, pretty bad. That sounds similar to my experience with buffing on a blade. I uh, Yeah, it's scary. Buffing's no joke. You just don't know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine beheaded yourself by some like... Oh, my God. With a goddamn... I mean, maybe that's the time to send it to the guy with the fucking bench grinder. <laughs> <laughs> no one's... The bench grinder ain't gonna, ain't gonna throw... That thing isn't gonna throw anything. No, yeah, no. I think you just don't use... The fucking buffing machines. You don't have to, for a hard use tool like that. You don't need a buffer. You don't need a mirror polish. No, no. You you do it on the machine. Um, do it on belts, and you can get a great edge without almost cutting your fucking head off. Because Be you careful. lose, you lose. You're gonna lose too much of that wire edge anyway. Yeah. So you use like a you have like a straw. I tell you what, and this is I mean I I love the 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 uh, leather belt on the Tormac because it doesn't take as much off. I used to use the the uh, the buffer and it would like I felt like it would make it less sharp because it was taking off too much material and I just use a I use a, a leather strop and that does the trick for me. Yeah, well, and the trick with the buffers is that it's really easy to kind of roll over your edge if you 
God, if you engage the buffer at the wrong angle. Right. And those, and that abrasive, even though it's, you know, it's passive abrasive, you know, the buffer is spinning at whatever high speed or whatever you got it going at. And the abrasive is washing across that edge pretty quickly. And it can, you can roll your edge right off very and easily. That, and that mirror polish ain't going to help that goat any better. Fuck no. no <laughs> I mean, that, go, that goat's going to get it whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, how no. fuck? I mean, you're not, you're not, you're fucking hacking up a go with a kukri. You're not really like, I mean, this is not a, humanity is out the window, whether or not you give it a mirror edge or not. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sakes. I mean, it's not like he's dying of old age. You, you bring in the goat out of hospice and yeah, yeah it's, a, it's over. You're fucking whacking him over the head with a goddamn kukri. What do you need to polish the edge for? Jesus Christ. You know, I'm a baseball bat. That's that would have been a little bit more humane. It's just, he hands you the kukri, you hand him a baseball bat. Yeah. Knife Talk, sponsored by the Louisville Slugger. That's, <laughs> that's what we should have gotten a sponsorship from. This one comes from American Warrior Forge. Hey, boys, first off, let me say I love the show. Y'all keep me laughing so hard each time, but also gives me good tips and tricks. Keep up the good work and the dick jokes. I was writing about horror stories in the shop when I first started making knives. I, I saw a YouTube video where some dumbass was grinding a knife using the slack in the belt of his the top of his 2x72 grinder. Not knowing any better, I decided to give it a try. I was grinding an 8-inch chef knife when the belt grabbed and ripped and almost the almost sharp belt out of my hand of my grip and sent it hurtling towards my throat tip first. Thankfully, the good Lord allowed me to endowed me. Thankfully, the good Lord endowed me with like ninja-like reflexes, and I bobbed and weaved like a motherfucker. And I rarely, I barely nicked the side of my neck oh my after I'd God. finished shitting my pants. This is the fucking. Here's the best part about this. This is two in a row of they, they tell the story and then both completely evacuated into their pants. <laughs> both of them, one after they don't even know each other. After I both that both of them, if you don't say after I finish shitting my pants at the end of these stories, we don't believe you. Uh, after or, or, I finish, or we'll just add them in for you. I'm adding them in. <laughs> after I, we should we should we should also add that to our dilemmas. We should when we get a okay. dilemma from the listener, yeah. we add in after I finish shitting my pants. The guy asked me when am I going to break my knife. So uh, after I finish shitting my pants and checking myself for any new holes and cursed a few times, I consigned myself to never do that again. I know the fake names have been scraping the bottom of the barrel, so I won't even dare. Thanks, Chris Hendry. So that uh, if you have a sharp knife and you're using the slack belt and you put on that 800 bit, that 800 grit belt. Get ready for Slice City. <laughs> when you get to that 800 bit, I have I've lopped a couple on two easy. Yeah, I've I've sharp. Did he say he was sharpening on the top or just grinding yeah. the blade? He was sharpening on the top. He yeah, was I've, using the the slack belt on the top, which yeah. I've done. Which I've done. I've done that too. I I try to stay away from that though, and anymore, especially when I'm doing all the sharpening for stuff, yeah. I'm using the hard platen as a backing. And. Um, tip yeah. for this i would do edge not towards your fucking head <laughs> yeah edge out would probably be, be safer than edge in yeah I mean, if it's you like can you're run giving the machine in your own... reverse and do it I on mean, the slack on top then you're set yeah but if it's going normal then all of a sudden it's like the automatic guillotine machine <laughs> right i mean it's like you're making yourself your own the let's cut my slinger. head off today machine yeah <laughs> it's a really good yeah. name uh 
OTB Knife says, uh, for bingo scary moments, shop moments, he says, I was using my small uh, wheel attachment with the upper and lower two-inch wheel that uh, that rides the belt. I was using longboard wheels and had one of the bearings explode on me, Mm. and the wheel drilled me in the chest at 3,500 RPM, along with the 2x72 belt slapping me in the face a few times. Oh, yeah, that doesn't feel good. Uh, yeah, I don't think skateboard wheels are the move. Um, I have used a skateboard wheel in a in a moment of need um, because uh, I had I had to wait a couple days before a new wheel got to me. Yeah. Um, but you got to be careful with the bearings because they're not meant for high. Different bearings are meant for different speeds of rotation and duration of use, and skateboards are not. Sp- the bearings are not spinning that fast, especially in comparison to a motor-driven machine, and um, and so they're not also designed to really get that hot. And uh, there's a lot of heat that is created when those idle wheels on your grinder are spinning. So that is just something. If you have to do that again, keep that in mind, and maybe keep the speed dialed back as as best as you can. That is an extraordinarily good point. I had no, I had no idea that certain bearings. I never even dawned on me that certain bearings are rated for certain speeds. Yeah, you stick on a pair of spitballs, you got a problem. <laughs> you are got a real problem. You're, they're they're meant for doing ollies in the street. <laughs> Not fucking. Can you imagine just the explosion and the terror? Yeah. Oh God. All right. Well, OTB knives. Glad you're okay. Uh, Pattern Nostra Fabrica. We saw met at uh, um, Maker Camp. Good dude, right there. He says he says a bingo scary shop moments. I was cleaning up around the shop and I found a three or foot, three or four foot copperhead oh, less geez. than ten feet from my main workbench. Uh, after I sh- finished shitting my pants, <laughs> I, r- I added that in. I'm adding them all in. After I finished shitting my pants, if you don't know, Copperhead is one of the most sixth venomous snakes in Georgia. So, yeah, if I found a venomous now uh, once again, Australians would be like, I said, wipe my ass with Copperhead. <laughs> That's like, oh, venomous snakes? Those are my favorite things to wipe my ass with. So, have you ever, like, bumped in any... Have you ever seen any poisonous snakes? Just at the zoo. <laughs> yeah. There, there no, are rattlesnakes. Not in real life. There are rattlesnakes in New York. And I, I, I had really? heard about them, but I never I never even stumbled on them. Okay. And then I was working... My sister and her, and her husband were working on this uh, renovation project, and I was helping them. And I was bringing wood to, like, a dump area, and I'm convinced I heard a rattle. And I was oh. just like... Oh shit! And I, after finishing my pants, I went back and I, th- I told them I, there might be a rattlesnake out there. And they thought, oh, you just don't want to do that. You don't want to work. That's your problem. I'm like, Ugh. I mean, what, can, what do I have to do? If I said I heard a rattle, I'm losing a baby out there with a shaking a rattle. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, our friend Falcon Knives AK says, "Here's a scary moment for old Bingo." Uh, during the summer, I usually have the shop door open to get some air flow into the shop. Fortunately, on this day, the shop door was closed because a fucking bear decided to walk up right to it. 
I have a camera system. He sent pictures of the bear. It's it's not nice. Um, oh. I have a camera system, and I get an alert every time someone walks by my driveway. I was expecting a package from UPS, but I got an alert that someone was in the driveway outside, and that was went out. And I went outside to sign for it, and almost shit myself when I saw this bear. <laughs> After I finished shitting myself, I had the door been open. I have no doubt in my mind he would have walked right into the shop. Ah, uh, bears are not for me. I mean. You know any bears? Do you see any bears in the wild or nothing like that? No. Zoo? Uh, oh, actually, you know what? When I went up to Alaska, I wonder what part of Alaska uh, our boys from. But when I went up to Juneau, Alaska, the first day I was there, I saw a black bear. And uh, I think I saw seven or eight over the few days that I was up there. And, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want one even just vaguely curiously walking into the shop being like hey <laughs> there i mean i yeah that's a terror i'm not ready for i'm not ready for <laughs> i'm not ready for like shooing away a bear right hence why you would be shitting your pants yeah um yeah, well and <laughs> when i was visiting my mom at that time of year that's also when all the salmon were running and the bears were just like gorging themselves and getting for the getting water ready for the winter hibernation right. Right. but we were walking trails up around like uh, the mendenhall glacier because my mom was living in Juneau, and we had to be sure that we were being loud and talking and making noise because um they're they'll they'll rarely come approach um, humans if they know it's a human um and they're just anyways but there are game trails everywhere there are dead fish everywhere i'm like and that was definitely one of the sketchiest trail walks i've ever been on because at any moment a bear could have just been right there and after we finished scaring the shit out of it it might have chased us or something like yeah. that you yeah. fuckers get away from my food <laughs> What do you say? What do you say loudly when you're walking on the trail? With your we just mother? have just our regular conversation, but we're just like extra loud about it. Ugh. Fuck this! <laughs> this walk sucks. I'm terrified for my life. Um, it was Leonardo... like a solid forty minutes of walking around. Oh my god, talking loud—that's like double cardio. You're like walking hard and yelling at the same time. Ugh. It's like being uh, wow. Like... That's a really interesting flower. Yeah. So tell me about again about your flight. How was your flight here? <laughs> oh God, you're doing the worst loud small talk. I mean, the worst For loud sure. small talk. So how was your dinner last night? Was it any good? <laughs> oh, you don't say. Chinese? Very good. Uh, Leonardo Lee says I was uh, sharing a workshop with another guy, and he had a propane oxygen cutting setup that he used, and I moved it out of the way and put it in the middle of the garden where I thought it would be safe. I then used an angle grinder to cut off some stuff, and a handful of sparks landed next to the tank and set the drought-stricken gas grass on fire. Oh, and then when I looked over from my small pile of crap, was on fire right next to an entire tank of propane, and it melted through both sets of hoses. And that was a little bit more than worrying. And then after I shat myself, <laughs> I, I, and then he goes, I hope you enjoy these stories. This might be a European funny name, but Rami Tinmai. Rami Tinmai. I think we got to be done with those names, guys. <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys over in the EU think it's funny, but I don't know what Rami Tinmai is. 
Is that, does that have uh, last oh, name? ram it in me. Ram it is in what me. It, ram it in me. Congratulations, Leonardo Lee. And then the last, I thought we wouldn't get through all this, but here we are. The last bingo scary moments. And we'll do this next week. So, guys, if you're listening to this, go to Night Talk Podcast and Instagram. Say, I want to bingo. That's Brigham Kendall did a good job. For the end of Halloween, bingo's scary moments. Send your scary moments, and you have to write in them at the, at some point that you had defecated in your pants. <laughs> that helps the story every time. So Tanner says, this is last but not least, Tanner says, got a bingo scary moment for you. I was working alone in my previous shop, and it was a Saturday morning, so no one was in uh, any of the shops around, and I was taking a 60-grit flap disc on a right-angle grinder, to a project I was working on. The trigger on the grinder is on the side, and I tried turning it on with one hand, your thumb, I guess, and the grinder kicked kicked on and it kept working. I felt a little bit of wetness on my hand, and you guessed it. When I looked down, I had caught my left index finger. Keep in mind, I'm left-handed, and it was engulfed in blood. After wrapping it in blue shop towels and Gorilla Tape, I got to the ER. I got four stitches between my first and second knuckle. Thankfully, I didn't get any ligaments, but lesson learned. Respect those grinders. So, hey, listen. I I had uh, a friend of mine's son was working in a shop next door, and I was kind of helping him out a little bit, and I had a a very strong conversation with him. I said, I don't want you working with, like, this is a young kid, good kid, smart kid, very, you know, uses his head. I gave him a whole, let's see, I said, it's very dangerous when when you're working by yourself because something happens and there's no one around. And he says, oh, don't worry, my girlfriend's in the car. I look over, there's a car, and I see these feet up on the dashboard. He brought his girlfriend with him, the girlfriend's hanging out you know, on Instagram or taking a nap or something. I'm like, I oh, don't worry. My girlfriend's in the car over there while, while I work. I'm like, all right, good for you. Hmm. After I shit my pants. Uh, yeah. anytime, so there we go. Anytime somebody comes into the shop, and I actually remind my kid of this every time. I'm like, you got to think everything in this shop wants to hurt you. Yeah. It's either sharp, hot, or could, you know, catch your, cut you or catch your clothing and tear it or catch your hair and you know, pull on it or whatever. And can we also agree that when you're working and concentrating hard, yeah. when somebody tries to like startle you, Oh my God. What's worse than that? I, f- I fucking lost my shit at two bosses because they just come right up to me while I'm like in, you know, I'm grinding or I'm welding or I'm doing something yeah. and I'm like in it. And then there's this hand on my shoulder and I jump every goddamn time. And I'm like, I don't understand why you have to do this to me. And they thought it was funny in the beginning, but I was just like, I do not understand why you have to do this to me. And one time is years ago, my mother found the shop. She asked a million people found the shop. And then I looked up, I was grinding. I looked up and there she was. And I fucking freaked out. I was just like, totally freaked me out. And, uh, <laughs> people startling you pardon me people startling you in the shop is terrible yeah terrible my wife is careful uh we have one car and so often she is picking me up and she's especially if i'm at the grinder or i'm focused in on a knife i'm doing hand sanding work or something uh she's careful if i'm if i'm doing that stuff not to surprise me um, but sh- that means that she's standing around for maybe 10, 15 minutes sometimes at the longest, oh. like waiting for me to kind of just like turn, uh, or happen to hear her gently saying, we're here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. 
And then she's going to get, at some point she's going to get angry and do something like flip the lights. That's also not good too. When somebody flicks the lights, that's just as terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I keep a, a, a light on my respirator and it helps me to see whether the lights are on or off, but it would still be slightly surprising. But yeah, I would prefer a flicker of light rather than like somebody walking up behind me and yeah, tapping yelling, me on the hey. shoulder or something. Yelling, hey. hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. This isn't this. Yeah. But it's kind of like for bears. I mean, you walk into a shop. Hey, it's going on. I don't even like it when somebody knocks on the door loud. Mm. I don't like any of it. Sure. You know what? I don't like any of it. Don't just leave me alone. <laughs> that, that, that's the that's the bottom line. So bef- <laughs> we got a lot of listener feedback. Before we get into listener feedback, yeah. tell us about your grinder. I have a Broadback grinder. I love my Broadback grinder. It is the multi-tool in the shop, and it is actually incredibly handy for when it comes to sharpening um, and versatile. You know, it, it's great for the general sharpening of large knives, as well as getting down with the the small contact wheels if I need to do need to get in and cut new serrations or clean certain spots up as well as using the buffer arm attachment for buffing uh, from time to time on certain projects Um, but there's a slew of other tool arms that they have available for this thing and if you go to broadbackironworks.com and get whatever you need to get whether it's a whole new package kit or or just a tool arm or two or a leather sewing machine uh, if you put knife talk 10 in at checkout um, you'll get 10% off whatever you get from them. So again, when you go to Broadback Ironwork and you go to checkout, make sure you put Knife Talk 10 in and save yourself 10%. And I know nobody wants to hear about Black Friday sales, but Ben Seacrest sent us a note. Oh. November 15th to the 30th will be a Black Friday sale. The Max Plus will get a free get a uh, get a free water. F- fall platen and bevel table for free the premium plus will get everything in the max package plus a free misting system the super mega package will also get a premium plus and the disc sander free and these specials will occur on the kit and painted assembles and the values between you get a value of over almost 300 bucks just 700 bucks it's pretty good so wow. um the black friday sale will be november 15th through the 30th and i don't believe that there'll be uh i don't think it will also have um, associated with um, the promo codes. So okay. whatever you want to do. All right. So listener feedback. We have, once again, ain't no better listeners than the listener feed listeners for this podcast. And we don't even charge you by, uh, Patreon. You you just write ever what... I, some of you write whatever you want. And um, I edit because it's like some of it's slightly deranged, to be honest <laughs> with you. And it's like, it's just I just don't know how to add it into the show without you being humiliated or embarrassed. And I don't want to do that because I care about your mental health. So go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram and interact with the show. This first one comes from our man, our main man, our champion, LCA Knifeworks. He says, this is a proud moment for me. I won my first ever three-hour bladesmithing competition this weekend. I listened to y'all while I ground my blade on day two. I won a billet of Baker Forge Kumai and some handle material. P.S. I had several people say that my stance and movement at the anvil were mm, suggestive to say the least. Not really. I uh, have noticed it until uh, I had some filming me. What do you all think? And he said, uh, thanks as always for the great, keep up the great work. LCA Knifeworks. He's, his hips are, he's using his hips a lot. Is he, so like there is, is he doing I mean, a little bit of Elvis action? He's, you know what? He's into it. 
who gives a shit what you look like? <laughs> if you're into it, it's working for you. I mean, you're goddamn champion now. So if you gonna, you need a, you, if there's thrusting involved and it's working for you, by all means. I mean, there's no thrusting in the Hoffy method, but I mean, you ain't doing the Hoffy method, obviously. You, we have to come up with an idea for your method where you're thrusting your hips forward. So. Maybe we can interact with the dick tonging, and you got something going on there. But, so congratulations, LCA Knives. We're glad we were there with you. Legacy Blade says, feedback after hearing the dilemma last week about the guy who was expecting a knife from a maker uh, and being a turd about it. So last week, guy says, um, this guy is like kind of browbeating the maker into giving him a knife. He hasn't given a deposit. He hasn't given anything. But he's just like, he's just like, oh, where's my knife? And I don't want a knife. I don't want a knife. Uh, just a way for part-time makers like me out there, and it's helped me a lot. I book a, so this is what he does to prevent that. I book a certain number of custom blades every month. Mm. Once I hit that number, I tell the next people that inquire that they will be up to the following month or whatever month block falls into that, whatever the month that that block falls into. It's been a good way for me to structure lead times this last year and reduce the stress of feeling like I need to make uh, as many as I can at all the time. Then when somebody's up to being impatient or asking for updates or to hit me up, I just divert them back to whatever month I told them that I would make their blade in. Just a thought, probably lots of ways to peel an onion. Great content as usual, fellas. All the best to Craig with whatever he's sorting out, Jared. You like know what? That. You know what's interesting is I was... Um, I was I I'm I'm going to do another video with a friend of mine who does videos, and um, we were just... I had... I, we went to a, a friend of mine, a friend of ours restaurant to have drinks and kind of talk over the idea. And I, I had a script I, idea what we would do and we're going to do it. it. It's a great restaurant. They're super busy. They're slammed, totally slammed. And I overheard one of the waiters, one of the servers going up to the manager saying, uh, table five is so upset because the food came out of slow and they feel as though they're very upset and I don't know what I should do. The manager was so calm and cool, and it she's she just listened to this problem. Table of four, they're all mad, and then had her heartbeat didn't change, her tone didn't change, no sweating, no getting red, no like sighing, nothing. And she started kept talking to me, and I was like, experience. This is experience. Experience is underrated. Mm -hmm. She's dealt with these situations so much that she just doesn't get flustered by it. And we're now coming up with, you know, I don't know, this isn't years and years. I mean, people in the restaurant game have been, some of them have been in there for 20, 30 years and they've seen it all. Sure. We haven't seen it all yet. You know, a lot of knife makers are starting out as well. You've been doing this five years, doing this four years, three years, one year. You hadn't seen it all. You got to see it all. And then you figure out what works, but experience underrated, and you got to start not taking everything so personally. You know, yeah. that's yeah. I like that idea of booking out the orders like that uh, every month. I, I would. I think the only thing I would be for myself personally is I know that things happen in the shop, and sometimes right. there are setbacks, and so saying uh, like doing it for a specific month, uh, I would. I would just I would just call it a block or this next session or series or whatever you want to call it. But instead of saying for the month of January, I'm going to be making all of these knives, you know, maybe it, it starts in January and that's the goal and to get them all done. But maybe a little bit spills into February. 
Um, I know for me personally, I take that really, I'm really hard on myself for missing that stuff. And so I just would, I would, instead of calling it the January orders, I would just put it like block what of the year, block one of the, or series one or session one of the year, whatever you want to call it. I would also consider adding on to this is something we used to do, mm. which would be, we would, we would have, we would have all the orders in their months when they were due. And every year we would have a month of me, we would, a month of me just making whatever I wanted. Mm. Get, blocking out stuff for you to have on the website. For sure. Is a great start to fucking getting ahead. And the other thing is, and I'm going to tell you this, you're not going to like, not you, not you, Marek. Yeah. These I'm, guys out there. These guys. Take some of the fucking ones. If you only have five knives to do that month, you have five months the next month, take some of the ones from the knives before. If you can squeeze some in, get your goddamn orders list down. Get it down. Whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes to get that fucking order down. Because then all of a sudden, you're going to open yourself up. And that's what we did. I would, Allison would schedule me out, schedule me out. And I'm just like, we can do more than this. And I would grab from the next month. I'd grab from the next month. I'd grab for the next month. And then all of a sudden we'd find ourselves with like two. She's like, how come you only have two, two for this month? I'm like, because in fucking stealing from the months ahead, I want them out. I want them done. Like we're, it's changed our lives. Not nice. having this goddamn order list. It, it's, it's, we we're, we're hustling now. I will have by the end of this, by the end of tomorrow, we will have over a hundred knives on the website ready to ship. Over, way over, because we just we I, I, we're just fucking hauling ass, and for Christmas and we're gonna add another twenty five. I'm but we're, we're not fucking around, but a lot of it's because I didn't have to be under the thumb of these order lists. Just start yeah. fucking doing whatever it takes to get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, Simple work says. Oh well. I, oh wait, 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 wait. Uh, Berg, uh, Berg Metalwork. Uh, Berg Metalworks, he was the guy who was saying, um, that he, uh, got certified or he worked for, uh, we, last week we were talking about, uh, getting, uh, oh, yeah. he got a job out of high school working for, uh, uh aer aerospace. He says, unsolicited advice, keep your respirator in a gallon Ziploc bag and keep it clean and keep the spiders from sucking on your face. I keep my I keep mine in a Ziploc bag and keep it dust free, hmm. um, while they're not in use. But it's anti spider venom, uh, spider barriers is an added bonus. And he goes, ha ha ha! I just heard the shout out on last week's episode. That was awesome. I got certified in five processes, certified welding five processes. The first six months on a paid job by the company, and I ran hydraulic bandsaws, cutting parts until I was brought into the welding department, making satellite fixtures for Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Wow. So, you know, get your fucking certs, guys. Um, here's another one. This one comes from Simple Works, our friend Simple Works. The Don Wynn episode was so good. That was a number of months ago. Thank you for everything that you're doing, as always. Know that your hard work really is noticed. You've made me laugh so many times and made my day better. Made boring tasks such as hand sanding. Uh, useful for my education, knife making, and generally, you've taught me so much. Thanks for all that. Thank you, and God bless you all. And keep up the mood. So, simple works. We're with you. 
And uh, Plumley Knives says, I think it was Mareko who brought it up, but in regards to the kids getting welding certificates before they graduate, in Washington, kids can take college courses for free during high school, including welding as long as it's accredited. They have a school that does welding courses for high schoolers and have uh, asked me to come down to do their welding classes as part of their welding course. Nice. So, Running Start is the name of that program. Oh, dude. That's pretty cool. if if you I have I knew a, I have a family friend who a family friend this is an acquaintance per, that we that I try to get a job for this kid uh, he wanted to be a welder and I try to get him a job and he, he was just like he wasn't want he wasn't interested in it at all mm. um, I don't know why he brought that up Cutty knives our friend Joyce says I'm officially hooked on the podcast thanks for keeping me company in the shop I just wanted to share some research resources about Woots as we probably know. As we probably know, I don't know shit. So get ready, Joyce. <laughs> get ready, Joyce. You're giving me too much credit. Woots was first first originated in South India. Uh, Tamil Nadu and prov- Joyce. I'm gonna butcher these words. I'm gonna butcher them. So just don't get mad about it, or don't correct me either. Just know that I'm my my heart is with you, and that my 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 lips and my mouth and my pronunciation are not. Um, this region holds uh, a special place in my heart because it's where my family is from. An unsung hero in uh, archaeometallurgy is Dr. Oh, get ready. Sharada Shinivasan. I think I got it right. She spelled it phonetically for me because Joyce rules. A professor <laughs> at the National Institute of Advanced Studies nice. in. Oh, God. Bangalaru. She's a total badass and dedicated historian and contributor to the field. She has a wonderful documentary on YouTube through the NIAS that delineates the cultural, historic, and scientific significance of our beloved Woots. Nice. Uh, if you're interested in Woots, it's worth a watch. Anyway, that's all I have. Sorry. No time for wiener jokes. Mine are all long form. Nice job, Joyce. <laughs> and we're with Joyce. Um... What do you think of? I mean, do you think Woots is going to be a little bit more? Um, people are going to be using it more. Or? I think so. The International Woots Society. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a yes. society that just started last year, I believe, called the Ooh, International Woots Society, and um, and the goal. And I think our boy Mert Tanzu is part of yeah. it. I think he's the secretary, I believe. Um, and. Um, but the idea is to kind of create a, an association of people who are trying to put together good, reliable resources of information for other makers to be able to create and make their own woots and and forging processes for breaking down those ingots once you make them or melt them down um, successfully so that you can then forge a knife out of it eventually. I, I think it's it's along the lines, honestly, of making your own Damascus, but it's it's a mono steel blade and i think there's i think it would be awesome to see more people doing it and to be not only to be making their own woots or steels um but to uh to get some really cool i guess to kind of help preserve that history and create some really cool projects and builds out of them um i mean Peter Swarsbert, who was my shopmate at Dragon's Breath Forge, uh, is one of the members, or kind of the the board members, I guess, or whatever you want to call that, that of the uh, International Wood Society. And he has a ton of great information on his YouTube channel for processes and equipment. 
uh, in making a, a melting down Woots. And, uh, but he's also part of that association, like I said, but he, he's made everything. He's made traditional Woots and stainless Woots. And, um, it's interesting to, you could make your own kind of boutique blends of materials. You obviously have to have access to the different elemental material or alloying elements, but you could theoretically be making your own mono steels to then be forging blades out of. And, um, I think that there's a, that could be a really cool thing for more makers to kind of play around with. That's probably going to be another trend too, right? I mean, it's again, like along the lines of making your own stainless Damascus, making a Wootz ingot and then breaking it down, actually making the ingots kind of the easy part, forging it down into usable material is the hard part. Um, because it's just one giant kind of, I mean, it's, it's well, got, called a cake, right? Cake. Yeah. But it's like one giant crystal of it's like a rock essentially, and if you just start smashing on a rock, that rock's going to crumble into a bunch of pieces, right? So you have to figure out how to properly forge and reduce it down, how to how long to let it soak after you solidify it, so that you can start breaking it down, and it also helps with like breaking down the crystalline structure inside the material, so that it can forge more readily and more easily. And um, there's a lot to know and understand about it, but I think if you know people take the time to learn it it's a really it's really use useful information and um it can really honestly a lot of people could all the scraps and stuff they end up with in the shop they could make their own uh crucible steel from it and it, it takes like i think the melting process can take as little as an hour and a half and then the forging uh, process is probably like the rest of the day. So in at, in a day's worth of work, you could have a billet uh, or a bar of steel of your own steel that you've made from basically scraps in the shop um, that you can then forge a knife out of. That's pretty cool. It is kind of cool. There's gonna be that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big trend. Someone's gonna figure out how to make a very easy crucible. And uh, who the fuck do I know? But here's what I do know. Mark and Mark's engineering says another awesome episode, guys. Mareko's segue to knife print was one of the most epic segues ever. <laughs> do you know that? That I didn't know that. Well, do it again. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> do it again. What's the matter with you? <laughs> well, knife print is a thing. So <laughs> I hear you guys talk about it. you. Is more in line. Um, with uh, stock removal and so you can go onto their website and you can design a knife and you can have them print it or have you sent or uh, have the, at least the profile of the pattern sent to you and you can use that uh, for making your knives but i honestly like i can't i'm sorry i think when you don't guys worry about it them, don't I worry kinda... you still did a good segue so basically <laughs> it's it's a program that you don't have to download any software there's no licensing agreements and it teaches you how to use your beginning stages of using AutoCAD in order to design knives. And then there are also YouTube videos. I know our friend Dennis Terrell did a masterclass on YouTube for knife print uh, on how to use it. And it's very user-friendly, very easy to use. And then you can see, you can make changes, you can use it, and you can send it off, or you can 
have them, you can press a button and they get you to some laser guy, water jet guy, and then you can have your knife sent to you. So I know Naram McDonald just used it, and I know that, um, or no, not Naram. I think it was uh, Littleton Supply Company, our buddy Littleton Supply Company. I think he used it. But it's a great process, and they're really sponsoring the show, and they're also very pro, the maker community. So check out knifeprint.com. I right, hit all of our spots. I know you have a tight out, so why don't we do this? Let's finish the show, have a little bit of after show, and okay. then we'll get the fuck out of here. How's all that right. sound? Sounds good. Guys, we'll see you next week. Craig will be here by hook or by crook. He's going through it. We're with him. We got you, Craig. And uh, uh, what does he say? Bye for now. No, that's Eric, the actor. He says uh, bye for No, wait, what, is, what does Craig say to get out of I'm here? I'm pretty sure he says bye for now. Bye for now. I don't think so. I don't think he said bye for now. He says that in a more sing-songy voice. Bye for now. Something like that. Is that what it sounds like? All right, guys. We'll see you next week. After show. After show. All right. After show. Well, I'll tell you what. On Sunday, I'm going to be recording with the Hustle and Grind guys, Ryan Coakley. And oh, I can't remember the other person that's part of the podcast. Oh, shit. Oops. Sorry. Um, I met Ryan at Blade Show, and we started. That's when we first started talking about it, and so we figured out a time, and um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be recording this Sunday. I don't know what time or when that episode will air. If it's later the week or next month, or I don't know what, but it'll be interesting. It'll be. I it's hear- my first time going on. One, I mean, I was. I guess no, not my first time. I guess I I, I went on your podcast, but I a don't couple know. times. Yeah. I haven't been on anybody else's uh, maker podcast. I hear good things. I hear good things. I hear they're doing good things over there. All right. Uh, they're not one I of those flea bags you talk about. Everyone's a flea. I look. I everybody's a flea. As far as I'm concerned, everybody's a flea bag, including me. So I'm I'm actually recording tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna fucking trash this podcast. I'm going on tomorrow. I don't know if I should or not, but I think I'm not. I think I'm going. I'm going on a restaurant podcast tomorrow. Oh, okay. But so far, I'm not impressed with their due diligence. Mm. They're not. They're not hitting me where I live. They're not. They're not hitting me where I live. Is really. They're not hitting me where I live. We'll see. <laughs> I'm looking for. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm just talking to you, motherfuckers, and um, they're not hitting me where my. They're not hitting me where I live. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to. Uh, be, I'm looking forward to being delightfully uh, incorrect. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll Fingers see. Fingers crossed. I mean, I I have been doing this for fucking twelve years, and I know, and I know, I know what I do, and I know what other people do, and you gotta, you gotta really give it. You gotta, you gotta do some work. You gotta do a little work. Yeah. Don't, don't send me an email saying, "Tell me about yourself so I can talk." Don't make me prep for the episode I'm coming on. That that's like mm-hmm. flea bag shit. <laughs> don't let me be don't make me <laughs> don't make me fucking do your work for you. Okay. Sure. I'm begging you. So I won't say another word, but I'm looking forward to it, obviously. <laughs> but um what else? What else is going on? What else is going on? What else is going on with you? Anything else? Not really anything else. I just gotta get back to the shop and fucking sharpen up these knives and get the hell out of get them done all right well then that's it we got nothing else to say <laughs> uh, there's no, you didn't watch any tv nothing special on tv or nah. 
not really lately, no. Do you see the uh, the uh, the Beckham Beckham on Netflix? No, I've, David Beckham. I've heard it's really it's good. Good. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. Really good. All right, we've done, what the fuck? What are you going to talk about? We'll tell you what to watch TV, guys. It's <laughs> enough already. You, what, we're going to tell you how to watch TV. <sighs> All right, guys. We're going to see you next week. Craig will definitely be back. Uh, looking forward to getting here, getting him back in here. And yeah. uh, you know, that's it. <laughs> what else to say? But what, now we, we say it. goodbye for now, right? We did it. We did it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, see you later. Bye bye.